Welcome home to a life without limits, where you honor your alignment, nourish your soul, and awaken your inner goddess. Some days we fly, some, well, we've got you, sister. Abundance is your birthright. This is your remembrance. Hot Mess Goddess, juicy conversations for a luscious life. Welcome to the first official episode of Hot Mess Goddess, where I have the beautiful Holly Loxton as my special guest today. Holly mentors visionary women and entrepreneurs to upgrade and align with the highest version of themselves. She weaves her innate understanding of the human body, mind and spirit to completely reprogram the subconscious, unlocking the code for her clients to truly live an extraordinary life. Now I happen to know this from personal experience, she rocks at this shit. Holly is highly dedicated to her own personal and spiritual development and has trained with and worked alongside renowned high-level leadership mindset and energy experts across the globe. So it is an absolute blessing to share her wisdom with you today. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Holly Loxton to the Hot Mess Goddess podcast. I'm so freaking excited to have you here. Holly, we met, geez, a year ago now at a business retreat in Perth. You were doing only a year ago? It was, and it seems like forever. Yeah. (laughs) And you were doing the rapid transformational therapy and you were firing all sorts of questions at me. I remember when I was stuck in something and I was going, just get me away from her. triggered I was yeah (laughs) but you know both of us like I'm not even that person anymore you're not the person that I met in Perth a year ago so share your magic with me what is it that you're doing now oh gosh okay so I started out doing hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy and through that journey I realized that as amazing as hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy are as modalities the real magic that I'm able to share with people is more of an ongoing thing so I branched out into more of a mentoring space and so I still do use those things if required but I also really find that I've gone more into intuitive trauma release body work I used to be a deep tissue massage therapist for about 10 years so I really know a lot about the body the human system the way it works and how we store trauma the nervous system and how important it is to actually look after our nervous system so we can cope with this stressful environment that the lay of the land in western society is at the moment is just stress and we're all the product of a highly traumatized highly advertised to society and everything's just go 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 and our systems are ancient they're not built for that amount of stress and then my real magic I guess is being able to hold people in a space of complete unconditional love and allow them to look at their life in different ways so the resistance whatever resistance they're struggling with to help them break it down and break through it and um, just holding that space and allowing them to heal it's such a a gift and a blessing for me I, I really love working one-to-one with people it's just my favorite thing to do and you do it so beautifully I've had the privilege of having your mentoring and um, oh my gosh nothing like I've experienced so yeah you do it so well so tell me a, a little bit about the story of how you got to where you are like how did you end up in this Oh, it's a little bit dramatic. Most <laughs> of us are. <laughs> well, that's the whole hot mess part, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was a personal trainer. I had been a skimpy as well. I've, I've had a very varied past. I've had extensive experience in hospitality. Let's just therapist for a second because I, I lived in Kalgoorlie, so I know what a skimpy is, but for those yep. that have no freaking idea what you're talking about what's a skimpy uh skimpy and I imagine there'll be so many preconceived notions and I can honestly say before like as a preface to this whenever I've told uh men about this line of work I never get any judgment ever in fact most of them don't even care they're like oh okay cool did you make lots of money well, yeah, I did. And I learned a lot as well. So, but whenever I have said this to women, 
I nine times out of 10, they will either, you know, like there'll be some judgment around it somewhere. So Skimpy is a lingerie waitress. We work in pubs. I was doing private parties and stuff like that as well. It's a very eye-opening experience as much as it was terrible for me in some ways. It also gave me a lot. So yeah, it was a really interesting experience and I wouldn't change it for the world. It's given me a lot of skills with people that I didn't have before. Was that in Kalgoorlie? Were you doing it in Cal? No, I wasn't in Kalgoorlie. I was in Perth. So yeah, that was a really interesting experience. It's a little segue into my past. And then in 2016, I was up in Karatha working for my family and we ended up losing everything. So the banks came in and took the business. They took my house. They took my parents' properties. And they took, yeah, they took the lot. And so I got a phone call at the end of 2000, or October 2016, from my dad saying, yeah, we've lost it. We've lost the house. You know, you've got to come back to, uh, in a couple of days and clear out all your stuff. And 2016, I had actually gone up there to completely renovate and reopen one of the restaurants that we had. And so it was an incredibly stressful year anyway. Alcoholism just went absolutely rampant for me. I got to the point where like it was just, yeah, it was pretty awful. And then to have done all that hard work and everything and and lose the house and just watching my parents, everything that they worked so hard to build for, you know, 30 years completely crumble and, you know, watching my parents go through that was just pretty horrendous experience very very stressful I ended up back in Perth and I was living on the floor of my friend's spare bedroom for a couple of months and I was pretty much suicidal um I had to go back to working in pubs I was 25 kilos heavier than I am now and I was like so I couldn't go back into skimpy work (laughs) so that was not an option I just had to go back to working in a normal bar I was, yeah, absolutely devastated. And she actually bought an online course by Marissa Peer for the Rapid Transformational Therapy. And in eight weeks, that online course actually completely changed my life. And it was through that that I decided that's what I wanted to do. And then that's where the journey begins, really. So I got my qualifications in hypnotherapy and RTT further into 2017. And then, yeah, it was just... The absolute interesting, fascinating experience of building a business with no money, no ability to get any money because my credit rating, like obviously everything wrapped up in the family business. I had no assets. I had nothing. Couldn't get a loan. Was eyeball deep in credit card debt. Luckily enough, my sister had a house that I'm still renting from her. So that's been really handy. But yeah, just the rebuilding phase. But my nervous system at that stage was completely shot. So yeah, building a business from scratch was was pretty tough. So a lot of people I know want to know exactly how you managed to do that. Like, how do you go mm-hmm. from having nothing and then building a successful business like you have? I spent so much money, like every single penny that I pulled in from my business. And I was doing a bit of massage uh, and a little bit of like cafe work and stuff on the side as well for a little bit. Um, but every single penny that I earned basically went back into trying out different business coaches and courses and most of them burnt me. Um, I think I spent about 30 grand over the last three years on business coaches <laughs> and trying to do the hustle and the grind thing and all of that stuff. And it wasn't until like the last one was the most expensive lesson. And that was the middle of last year when I finally just said, you know, what, I'm not spending any more money on other people's stuff. I'm going to figure out how to do this myself. And so I doubled down on my tra- my own trauma therapy that I was able to master or create from a nice calm space. And then everything just started clicking. So yeah, my, my self-appointed nickname is the manifestress. <laughs> and you do that so beautifully. Yeah. You touched I'm getting on really something, good at it. <clears throat> um, you touched on something that I want to talk about too, because we're, you know, for so many years, it was hustle, grind. You'd see all the memes everywhere, all over the internet. And yep. it never resonated with me at all because it wasn't mm-hmm. in my nature to hustle and grind. And it just felt wrong in my body to be doing that, to be trying yeah. to run my business that way. So mm-hmm. talk to me about that and how, how that changed for you. Yeah. So the business courses and coaches that I was doing, like a lot of them said, you know, ring through your list, call people, ask them for the referrals, et cetera, et cetera. And they just never sat well with me. And I certainly don't like cold calling. And actually I watched a really good film the other day from Kerwin Ray about that and how when 
like there's a part in the brain that senses threat and if someone's giving like if someone's trying to get something from you this part of the brain activates and that's why it feels so gross when people are like reaching for you rather than you asking them for help yeah it just feels gross it feels like a threat and you just you know want to hang up on them so yeah I didn't really resonate with the whole hustle and grind thing it wasn't until I met my mentor Marcy Locke Oh, that I love her. I, she's amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Marcy if you're listening. She really showed me a different way. So she was, I, I went and was part of her Best Life Tribe as just because I needed to do my own work. It wasn't really anything to do with business, but it really showed me a different way of living. It completely overhauled the way that I coach people as well. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was really, really eye opening. And from there, I just got into the flow zone, which is way easier. <laughs> and way less stressful and way less energy expenditure and yeah it just ended up being this amazing magnet and just yeah now my business is going really well actually so yeah it's really really good and I get to be in in my zone so I did find that with all of the trying to learn how to be an internet marketer and learn how to do all of this stuff for that it was wasn't degrading my coaching but it was really slowing down that side of things like I'm not an internet marketer I'm never going to be. I hate technology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I blow things up on a regular basis. (laughs) And so um, for me, it was like, I just wanted to be in my zone. I just wanted to help people. That's, that is my zone of genius. And that's basically all I focus on now is how I can help people with their lives. And I'm actually, I would never call myself a business coach, but I think it's a karmic loop cycle that I'm completing in with my dad because he was like this entrepreneur and he did it a very traditional way. You know, he was waking up at three o'clock in the morning and going to work. He never had a time off. He was always grinding, grinding, grinding. And it meant that he lost time with us as a family. We had great family holidays and all that sort of stuff. But apart from you know, we never really saw him. He was married to the business. And so I wanted to do business a completely different way. And that's sort of what led me down this path. And this is now what I teach my niche, which is somehow managed to end up, I'd say probably 80% of my clients, my beautiful clients are entrepreneurs or leaders in their field or um, artists, you know, people with impact and influence. And I love being able to support them and help them find a different paradigm so that they don't burn out like what I saw in my family situation and what I did to myself when I first started business. So yeah, I'm not your average business coach. And then, I mean, every single time, the, it, when we sort out everything else that's going on in the inner world, it reflects in the outer world. So all of my clients end up having better businesses as a result because they're an extension of their business essentially. So yeah, the abundance comes in anyway when you sort out what's going on um, internally. Yeah, absolutely. And so that would have been the big shift for you from that, you know, everyone's sort of talking about it these days, going from all that masculine hustle and grind. And then like, I went completely the opposite to feminine flow and then nothing happened at all. Like I was just, oh, yeah. you know, you've got to actually both. find that balance. Yeah. But none of that makes any difference if your internal shit is still yeah. basically a shit storm. So if it's a shit show inside, it's going to be a shit show outside (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to forever feel like you're herding cats, you know, like you'll, you'll get one part sorted and the other one will be gone and it'll be like, Oh, get back here. And then, you know, and you're constantly feeling like you're trying to pull everything together and get all your shit in one sock. When really, if you just focus on your nervous system, clearing your trauma and healing yourself, because we all need healing, every single one of us. And I truly believe it's the the best thing you can possibly do for yourself, every single person you come into contact with and the planet at large. Because if everyone was focused on how they could heal themselves and what sort of peace they could bring to their own lives, then we would just have this amazing world to live in. Yeah, absolutely. So like you understand the nervous system like no one I've ever met. Like you talk about it all the time and it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, and I get it at that level, but I don't understand all the intricacies of it all. So can you tell us a little bit about what the hell is going on in our bodies when we have, even like to some people it might seem like a seemingly minor trauma you know it's like well I haven't been raped or I haven't had child abuse or you know they 
they kind of lessen their trauma, but it's still trauma in the body, isn't it? Yeah, so trauma is subjective and relative to the individual. What, what's happened to one person might not affect them as much as what's happened to another, even if on the outside, what happened to that second person doesn't seem very traumatic. And so when we're operating from these unconscious wounding patterns of trauma that's happened to us in childhood, that's what basically what we're vibrating out and that's what we're going to start attracting back into our lives for healing. And it shows up mostly in things like relationships and business and that sort of thing. Uh, as far as the nervous system goes, you've got the autonomic nervous system, which is everything, like your whole nervous system, your ANS, and then you've got your sympathetic nervous system, so your SNS, which turns on when you need to get yourself out of trouble. That's your fight-flight response. And then you've got your parasympathetic nervous system or your PNS, which turns on when you know you need to calm that back down. Because if you kept on that trajectory, you'd basically have a heart attack and die. So you need that PNS to catch that and then pull it back down. Unfortunately, in this society, this highly stressed society that we have, everyone's window of tolerance for their nervous system is very narrow. And so the things that would normally not bother people end up bothering them big time. I'm sure you've run into people and, and probably have been yourself. I know I was when my nervous system was completely shot is that just the tiniest little things would set me off. And so, you know, it ends up with people being really touchy and all that sort of stuff as well. When you're in fight or flight mode all the time, your your vision is very narrow. Your body thinks it's being chased by a tiger. And so you're only really able to see right in front of you. You can't there's no room in that space to be creative. You know, if you're getting chased by a tiger, you're not going to stop yeah. and paint a pretty picture. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So you miss out on all of these creative solutions to your actual resistance or your problem that you're facing. Your creative ability goes out the window. And so it's so important that we need to get our nervous systems really calm, really settled so that we can actually allow all of this amazing stuff that's happening in the quantum field and, and in, the, um, in the universe to actually flow into us and into our lives. It's like if you do nothing else, if you take nothing else from this podcast, it is you must get your nervous system under control. So for people that might be thinking, okay, well, I don't have access to an amazing coach like you over in Perth, even though I know you do it online So because you helped me from Victoria. So like, what are a couple of tips you have? Because I know so many women in particular that are highly stressed and yeah. you're right. Like the smallest things will set them off. You know, they'll end up a crying mess on the floor with a tub of ice cream just because, I don't know, their kids built something or... And addiction comes in as well. Yes. Addiction is huge. And there's all sorts of addictions. It doesn't yeah. have to be alcohol. It doesn't have to be drugs, you know, which both of those were for me, but even addiction to food. I even got addicted to cacao because I'm thinking, oh, that's not bad. Cacao is beautiful, but I was using it like a drug. So I yeah. fully get the addiction to so many different things. So what can we do for ourselves? What's one of your tips to do? Um, oh God, I've got so many. So definitely spending time in nature, anything that slows you down is beautiful. So meditation, I give that to absolutely everyone. Spending time in nature because we don't spend enough time in nature. We are animals at heart <laughs> and we don't do enough of like we're always surrounded by concrete and technology. And so just even being able to get outside, touch a tree, feel your feet in the grass, don't wear shoes, go to the beach, stick your feet in the water, just anything that's going to calm you down. I highly recommend, you know, doing some sort of body work. Um, like massage or trauma release therapy or anything like that if you can afford it and get your hands on it uh, if you've got a good therapist in your area to help you with that and then of course there is yeah just creativity things what hobbies do you have most of us are so busy go 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 we don't even know what we like and this is not like and I'll put the caveat here tv is not one of these <laughs> yeah okay. Netflix doesn't come into it no nah. No, it doesn't because um, when we're talking about hypnosis, when we're watching TV, we're actually under hypnosis, right? So everything that you're watching is going into your subconscious. So if you're watching a horror film or a scary movie or a thriller or anything like that, you're actually absorbing all of that stuff and it's contributing to your nervous system spiking. So that's why, you know, when we're watching a scary movie, even though we're not in the movie, we have this, this visceral body reaction. It's like, 
you know, and oh, because God, we're yeah. addicted <laughs> as a society, we're actually addicted to stress hormones. There's more receptors in our brain for noradrenaline, adrenaline and cortisol than there is for oxytocin because that's the environment that we are in at the moment. People are addicted to watching, you know, drama on TV. We're addicted to horrors and thrillers and reading the news and, oh, my God, fear. You know, there's just so much fear instilled in us and it's just jacking our nervous system up and up and up all the time. And then what happens if we're in like I was talking about with the sympathetic nervous system being on, the parasympathetic nervous system tries to catch it and what we end up with is the brake and the accelerator at the same time. Yep, that makes so much sense. We all know that feeling. And so it is like if you really want to improve your life, you want to improve your manifestation skills, you want to get creative, uh, you want to have solutions to whatever resistance and problems that's showing up in your life, you must slow down. Yeah. And you'll get so much more done when your nervous system is is sorted. Trust me. Because I've heard that so many times, like slow down to achieve more. And there's a lot of people that just can't comprehend, you know, people that are almost addicted to being busy. Oh, so many people are. go from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to bed and then they complain about it all day as well, which doesn't help. Actually, let's go there. Let's go into Mm -hmm. what complaining does. Yep. So complaining again is just reinforcing a belief system my life sucks, I can't get out of this stuckness, can't, you know, when you're reinforcing that all the time, you're just reinforcing to your own nervous system and to your own subconscious mind, which is connected to your body, that this is what's going on, this is all there is. And so, you know, yes, from a body perspective, we've got the nervous system, but then from a mind perspective, we've got our belief systems and it's your belief systems that are really driving your life from the back seat. And that's one of the biggest things that I work with in the realm of hypnotherapy and RTT is the, is the changing of the belief systems. So we've got to change them for a really, really deep level. Yeah, absolutely. Because whatever you believe to be true is true for you. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> well, it's true for you. You helped me with that stuckness, you know. Yeah. Like three hours. Did I sit there for three hours going, I'm stuck, I can't move? Yeah. And literally felt stuck and physically couldn't move. Yep. And then you moved and it was like, oh. And you were just walking around going, if you don't like where you are, change it. I'm going, I can't. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. But that's how deeply ingrained the belief system was. And that was the biggest resistance that was in you is that you just could like from, and this is like from trauma as well as a child. If you had that ingrained in you that you were in this stuck position um, and for you, I think probably it was also a freeze response in the body. So we've got fight and flight, which is like the um, adrenaline response of the nervous system. And then what happens usually, and I call this the coffee and alcohol swing, <laughs> is that we need to stimulate ourselves to get ourselves moving. And then by the end of the day, we're so far out of our window of tolerance that we have to have some sort of numbing agent or something to help calm us down. And so that's where, you know, alcohol, Valium, Uh, pot smoking that sort of stuff to try and regulate the nervous system but the way that I um, would explain it is that you know how our bodies aren't designed to cope with as much sugar as what we eat yeah yeah so if you have a can of coke we were never designed to consume that much sugar ever so what our body does is it it goes oh my god this is a huge threat all this sugar and it sends like um, like the, the insulin and the glycogen response and it usually catches it but because the threat was so massive it catches it and it dumps us into a sugar crash and it's the same sort of thing with the nervous system it's like there's so much stress happening that when it finally catches it it'll boot you down into what's like a freeze or a collapse response yeah so that's when we feel like you know you have those days where you're just staring at the wall and you can't even move Yes, because I always thought I had the flight. No, all I do is I run. I'm a runner. But it wasn't until I actually sat with that and went, holy shit, you know, definitely that. I don't do the fight one. That doesn't come into Mm -hmm. it so much unless I'm really pushed. But definitely the freeze. I had no idea that was so deeply ingrained for me. That was a big wake up. It's another reason why so many people feel stuck in their lives. They're just in this this trauma response and their nervous systems are so just out of whack that they're just stuck in a freeze all the time. And that comes in the form of, you know, because it can be really sneaky, like our subconscious telling ourselves, well, you know, I'm 
married to this partner who's negative so I can't do anything about it or I have a mortgage so I can't do anything about it like we tell ourselves these stories over and over again and convince ourselves even more that we're stuck like we keep reinforcing that yeah absolutely absolutely and then because um like I said with the survival like the whole thing is like survival mode because you're in survival mode your field of vision is so narrow that you can only see the problem in front of you you can't see the solutions so if you've got a problem that you're dealing with if there's something in your life that you're dealing with and you just cannot see a way out you must learn to relax and it's through the relaxation process and getting your nervous system under control and really having a good look at your belief systems around it too that you can then like the solutions will present themselves oh don't they always so they always do you you can allow it they're always there everything's flying around in the quantum field at all times all possibilities exist all realities exist right now so which one are you tuning into because at the moment if your body your vessel of which you are your your instrument of which you are experiencing this life if it has a nervous system that is completely jacked and is vibrating at a certain tension vibrating at a certain level then that's the reality that you're choosing and it doesn't matter how many fucking affirmations you do (laughs) this is part of the reasons why a lot of you know people go oh my god i've been doing my daily affirmations for six months and nothing's changing it's because your body is vibrating at a certain level. Yeah, I'm so glad that came up because obviously you know how important words are to me. That's my freaking jam. And mm-hmm. I don't really get into affirmations because I tried it and I didn't even believe what I was saying. I'm going, well, that's yeah. a freaking waste of time. Like who invented yeah. affirmations? They suck, you know, and they work well, if, you know, they obviously work if you can embody those words. And yes, the energy of those words it. and the vibration of those words. But you can't Absolutely. just sit there and start saying affirmations and expect your life to change if you don't even believe it at that core level. Yeah. Yeah. So that know. was huge for me. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things is like in order to change a belief system, if you want to use affirmations and repetition, which is one of the ways that I get people to change their stuff, repetition is a very, very powerful thing. I do believe that a positive mindset is a skill. It's not something that we're naturally imbued with, especially if we've got like traumatic stuff going on as well. So just like, do you remember when you learned how to drive a car? You had to really think about it. It's like key in the ignition, put it in gear, try not to bunny hop that sucker down the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you did it so many times that now you can be on your Bluetooth, you can have a coffee in one hand, you can be reversing your car in looking out for traffic and you don't have to think about it anymore because you've repeated it so many times. You can drive and 5K and not even remember it because you're exactly. thinking about something else. Exactly, because it's passed that barrier, that skill set has passed that barrier from the conscious mind into the subconscious. So it's literally been learnt by the body, the body as the, sub, uh, as the subconscious mind, yeah? So as far as things like complaints and stuff go, if you're repeating those over and over and over again, then your body is like, okay, well, this is what's happening. This is the skill set that we know now. We hate our lives, okay? And then what's going to show up for you is more stuff to hate your life about. Yeah, and see, there's the thing, right? And this is one of the reasons I think affirmations tend not to work for so many people is because they'll get up in the morning or in the evening whenever they choose to do it and they'll spend maybe five minutes saying affirmations mm. and then the rest of the day they're affirming the total opposite. Absolutely. So that's I love 20, almost you know, 23 and a half hours of negative affirmations compared to five minutes of positive. Which one's yeah. going to be the... Which, which one's, one's going to win? <laughs> yeah. You're always going to get what's on autopilot in your system. Whatever your default mode is, that's what you'll get showing up in your life. I had such a strong belief for so long that I was this really lucky person. And honestly, I, was, I don't know if you've seen that movie Deadpool, like that no. chick Domino. No, oh, I was like Domino. Like she, <laughs> Everything would always work out. It was just like boom, 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 boom. And then when we lost everything it actually completely rocked my system so much, tore that belief apart in the most dramatic way that after that, it took me, like I had to do this from scratch again. So this is how I know that it works because I had to do it from scratch. I had to take a trauma and calm my nervous system down and I had to rewire my own belief system and I had to build it again, like a muscle. Yeah, and so... You know, so I guess getting out in nature obviously is one thing because if you're busy from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed and repeating those crappy affirmations that aren't serving you at all, mm-hmm. 
10 minutes in nature is going to be a massive help. Yep. But as long as you spend that 10 minutes in nature, actually looking and absorbing, you know, like don't go for a walk thinking about all All the the things that are happening in (laughs) your life, you know, like your thoughts hold a vibration as well. And I love it when Joe Dispenza, one of his best quotes is your personality creates your personal reality. But your personality is based upon all of your belief systems, everything that's happened to you and the way that you choose to operate in the world. So yes, go out into nature for 10 minutes, but actually just sit in the grass and just really like put your hands in it and just be really, oh my God, I'm breathing, I'm here, I'm alive, like, and feel the sensations, get into your feeling body. And that is, um, you know, anyone that's had a lot of trauma, they might be really dissociated from their body. So for a lot of people, that's going to be quite difficult. But with practice and time and the appropriate therapy and all that sort of stuff, you will end up being able to crack that freeze response in yourself and get back in your body. Yeah, that's definitely was a big one for me because obviously I was I grew up on a farm. There's not really many practitioners around me. The internet wasn't even a big thing. But when I first started hearing about that grounding thing, I thought it was the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard. You know, bunch of tree hugging hippies. What the hell do they know? And it wasn't until like I had a friend say, lie on the grass, like put your womb on the grass. I'm going, what the fuck? You know, so I was actually, I tried it and I couldn't believe, even though I was sort of doubting what was even going on, the fact that I was willing and just open to try something made the biggest difference. I just, all the stress kind of just lifted. And I came out going, well, do you know what? It's not that bad after all, is it? Yeah. And just on that note, you know, like if if someone is in a lot of pain and the human condition is really interesting, quite often we have to be in a lot of pain to actually change anything. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to build a new paradigm around that, which I am doing slowly. But it is, you know, if you're listening to this and you've got a lot of pain in your life, but you've still got these really stuck belief systems on, you know, what healing should look like for you and you're not willing to try any other alternative therapy, even just the suggestions that we're making in this um, podcast, then you're going to stay like very narrow field and you're going to stay in your lane and you're, you're addicted to your stress hormones, you're addicted to your problems and you're going to stay there. It's really important that you ha- that you open your mind up. The mind is like a parachute. It only works if it's open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. Um, it's you've got to find what's best for you each and every individual is completely different we are 37.2 trillion cells that are uniquely us never to be repeated never in the, in the history of humanity has there been anyone with your cell and cells and dna and voice box and fingerprints like we don't even we never even register how fucking special that is yeah it's incredible like, each of us never, were put here for a reason. Oh, absolutely. You were never, ever, ever going to be repeated. So what are you going to do with your life? How are you going to live in this vessel that is completely 100% yours? You can't even be anyone else. So why even try? Yeah, absolutely. And so that was a big one for me because I'm going, yeah, I hear this all the time, but I'm just normal. Like I'm just a normal <laughs> farm girl. How am I going to make a difference in the world? Can you just define normal for me, Sally? What, what's, exactly. what's normal? Can you quantify that? But that was what was real in my head at the time, you know, like yeah, I'm just this little farm. And I, that comparison comes in, like look at all mm-hmm. these people in the world doing amazing things. I'm never going to be like that. How do mm-hmm. I create an impact? I wasn't born to do that. And all these stories, you know, that I had about myself. Um, mm-hmm. So how do people get around that? Like I'm a wife, I'm a mother, you know, I'm whatever I don't live that life you know if you don't have the drive and the desire to make big impact in the world you don't have to that's you know you're just comparing yourself to thinking that you should be doing something or you should be something other than what you are you like this is the biggest thing I drill into everyone because 99.9% of people I see and in society as well we all struggle with this whole not good enough program or not enough of something anything it's it's been given to us it your worthiness was never up for debate you're here you're alive you're worthy congratulations you're human and you are (laughs) making a fucking difference you're making a difference by being alive we're all part of the collective 
how you choose to live your life and operate in your life makes a massive difference because we all come into contact with, with thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in our lifetime and of joy and peace and full and radical self-acceptance, understanding that we've all got shadows, all of us. We've all got an inner toxic person, an inner manipulator, an inner freaking narcissist. We've all got it, right? We've got all of it. We are all things as humans. If you can get your head around that and live the best life for you and live a life of, you know, obviously boundaries and, and all that sort of stuff are important, but being kind, being gentle with people's hearts and that sort of stuff, that makes a massive impact to the collective. And I think Huge. that too was where I was wanting to go as well is something you said reminded me of it. The biggest impact you can make, and this is what I'm sort of trying to live this year, is healing yourself heals the freaking planet and I didn't realize I was trying to make this external impact you know thinking I can't do that and the more work I do on myself that you know that I've come onto this planet to do heal those ancestral lines and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. wow like talk to me about that because this is your specialty yeah the healing journey and you know first of all you've got to realize that you're not broken you were never, that. ever, you were never broken. We are perfect and whole and complete just the way that we are. The not good enough program comes from various different things. It comes from the trauma that we sustain as the, as the child, you know, especially when things, we're hardwired to love our parents, right? But if our parents don't know how or are not giving us, we don't perceive that they're giving us the love that we deserve, the child more often than not, um, not having the mental faculties on board to go, oh, hey, this person isn't doing a great job parenting me. <laughs> the five-year-old doesn't think that, right? The five-year-old not until they goes, get to a teenager. Exactly, but they don't have that on board yet. The five-year-old goes, oh, my God, I'm hard. Like, this person should be loving me and caring for me. There must be something wrong with me. I'm not enough for this person to love me. They, I know they should love me. And so that's one of the reasons. And then that gets reinforced throughout schooling as well. Our entire school system is built on the fact that you're not enough unless you get these grades, unless you do this sport, unless you've got this pathway into university, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, you're not enough by society's levels unless you have, uh, you know, 2.5 kids and a white picket fence by the time you're, I don't know, fucking 30 or something. I don't know. Whatever society is deemed as acceptable these days and normal in the confines of quote unquote normal. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, especially in my generation and below, we have been steeped in advertising since we were born and knowing what we know about hypnosis, everything that we are consuming with our eyes, with our ears, everything's going in. There is no money in you believing that you're perfect and whole and complete. They can't sell you anything if you don't want for anything. So they create, and there's billions of dollars at stake here, advertising agencies and companies, the big ones, know more about the human condition than I believe any normal psychologist or counsellor or coach or anyone in that um, regard. They have the best of the best and the cutting edge technology and research and all of that sort of thing. So there's that. Um, And so we've got this massive like shit show happening at the moment where we're highly traumatised, we're highly advertised to. No one, we're sitting in the matrix of feeling of not enough. And so we're always trying to prove ourselves. To who? Who are you waiting to anoint you as worthy? Because if I, you know, if your friends tell you you're worthy, it's not going to go in. If your parents tell you they're proud of you and that you're worthy, it's not going to go in. It might feel good for a couple of minutes, but then you're just going to go to your default mode. The only person that can do that is you. But then we supersede that as well. We go, hang on a second. This was never even a part of the equation. Like, why would I have to tell myself that I'm enough? I can't not be enough. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's just not even a thing. I can't, This you cannot be unworthy. You are here. You are alive. Congratulations. You're worthy. And every single one of us has stuffed up, right? So that doesn't even make you unworthy. No, it doesn't matter what you've done. No. And if you do nothing for the rest of your life, you know, if I go and sit on a mountaintop for the rest of my life, for the next 60 years, if I go and sit on a mountaintop and meditate and do nothing else and speak to no one, does that make me any less worthy and deserving of being alive? Like, I'm not going to tell my cat that she's not catting well enough today. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. (laughs) 
<laughs> it puts it into context, doesn't it? Because that sounds so freaking ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, Missy, you're not a good enough cat today. You're black instead of white. I need you should be white. Why? She's doing yeah. a perfect job of being a cat. She's being the best possible cat she could be. Sometimes yeah. she's asleep. Sometimes she wants food. Sometimes if I aggravate her too much, she scratches me. <laughs> yeah. She's still the best cat possible. And so being human, obviously we have these we have these little, I don't know, voices that sit on our shoulder and, you know, like the good one and the bad one and one of them says yeah, it's okay and the other one says it's not okay and mm-hmm. unfortunately that's part of being, well, fortunately because, you know, we're here to be human, right? And it's all yeah, part of that human experience. But definitely what I've noticed, the, the more that I can get rid of that, ridiculous self-talk like not human enough you know not being a good enough Mm. human the more my relationships around me improve it's not them that I have to change like my partner's being an asshole or whatever it might be right you everything's external we externalize stuff my life sucks because you know my kids are giving me the shits and my partner's an ass and like all these things my boss is a freaking jerk and Mm. we externalize it all but if you bring it back to yourself and keep Keep your own energy, I guess. Keep maintaining your own energy. That's what I've found. It it automatically changes those other relationships around you. Or like, if your boss is an ass, you can leave it. It gives you that, you know. It's just not aligned anymore. So it, it yeah. just it disappears. Falls out of resonance. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is the beautiful thing. People think they can't. Like, you can't change anyone. You're absolutely right. They can only change themselves. However, you can inspire them to change by the vibration and the energy that you hold and the way that you operate in the world and the amount that you love and you're really enjoying being human and your full and radical acceptance of all parts of you. And people see that and they go, oh, I want some of that. What have you, what have you done lately? Cause it's radiant, right? Yeah. It's fucking radiant. When you meet someone that is just so fully expressed and they just do not give a single fuck what anyone else thinks. And they're just like, hey, I'm me, I'm here. Like, it's radiant. Um, and that's not to be insensitive about other people's feelings and needs. That's, that's, you know, going too far the other way. It's everything in moderation. Otherwise, we end up swinging in this pendulum back and forth and hurting other people and that sort of thing. But, um, and, and going back to hurting people and trauma, just as a segue, hurt people hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. This is why it comes back to this healing journey that we're all on, no matter who you are. Hurt people hurt people. Equally, healed people heal others oh I love that right so the more you can look at your own triggers and your own wounding patterns and, and heal those really heal them the the less you're going to be reactive to things the less shit that you're going to project outwards onto other people the less you're going to traumatize someone else yeah which then has a knock-on effect of their trauma that you've caused is now they're going to traumatize their kids or their friends or the rest of their family you know and so we're on this we're all on this magical beautiful journey of discovering ourselves and and healing ourselves and I truly believe that this whole like all of the the trauma the depression the anxiety all of this stuff is actually forcing us to wake up um, as humanity to become more conscious because all of that trauma and stuff is stored in the unconscious. Only when we dig in deep and we actually look around in it and go, oh, what's here for me to heal, that we actually start becoming more conscious of how we're operating, the things that we're saying to people, you know, the wounding patterns within us, that sort of thing. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. So I guess on a final note, if you could give one thing for us to take into our lives, whether it be your favorite meditation or your favorite tool or just your favorite quote, it doesn't matter what it is, what would it be? Oh, wow, there's so many, Sally. (laughs) I know, right? We're both addicted to growth, so. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, the one thing, you know, your healing journey is the most important thing you can do for yourself, society and the planet at large, first of all. In so far as that, um, I love the quote, do no harm, take no shit. Yeah, perfect. Right? So as much as you can consciously do no harm, yes, we're all going to fuck up. We all get triggered. We all go unconscious. We all go back to sleep from time to time. I did it the other day and had to then 
get into this full radical acceptance of all of my shadows again. I'd done so much shadow work and then all like the ones that I had not seen, I got serve them on a silver platter on Monday. Oh, <laughs> like, don't you love that? Of, <laughs> I spent three hours on my on the phone to my coach friend <laughs> looking at my deep shadows and dissolving patterns of shame around them because it's it's also the shame that binds us and keeps us stuck, right? So if you're shaming part of you, then you, you're going to keep it in the unconscious. You're not going to want to look at it because it's too uncomfortable. So shame, shame is one of the worst things that we can um, dive into. And I always say like, your shame is and don't take this the wrong way if any of you are religious i think religion the basis of it is is very very good and very very vital to humanity and and it's all the same if you look at it across the board across all religions however the way humanity has used it for control and wars and and just all of that sort of stuff is (laughs) is interesting but i say your shame is proudly sponsored by two thousand years of toxic religion (laughs) yeah you know like and eliminate the word should from your vocabulary just get rid of it should equals shame should is implying that you should be something other than you are well you can't you don't know what you don't know piss ain't going back in the cat piss ain't going back in the cat there's nothing you can do about it just the time has passed it is done the only thing you can do is clean it, heal it. How are you going to change it to go forward? Yeah. So acknowledging the stuff that comes up because it's there for yeah. a reason. It's when you we've ignore all, it that it's stored. We've, we've all been assholes. Yeah. We've all been manipulators. We've all been narcissists. We've all been hurt. We've all been triggered. We've all projected stuff onto other people. Not one of us is exempt. You're, you are the asshole in someone's story. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <yeah. laughs> We all get on our spiritual high horse. Guess what? Do a graceful dismount because you are the asshole in someone's story. (laughs) Yeah, wow. (laughs) So on that note. (laughs) You don't have to shame yourself about it. Yeah. You can just go, oh my gosh, I, you know, you can, you can feel a healthy level of remorse, but the more you punish yourself over it, the more you're going to shame yourself, the more you're going to keep yourself from actually moving forward and, and being able to choose a different mode of operation. Yeah. And I guess obviously, well, obviously to me, forgiveness has been my word over the last couple of years. I've got a book mm. out to do with forgiveness and that was huge in my shame story. So I'm so yeah, glad you did bring up shame. Forgiving, you know, because you can forgive others, forgive this, forgive that. Like, you know, forgiveness is thrown around a lot lately. But forgiving yourself for being that asshole in someone else's story (laughs) or your own story, that's huge. Yeah, forgiving yourself for deep patterns of self-abandonment, that sort of thing, you know. We could do a whole other podcast just on shame. Let's book that in for a couple of months. I think that would be good. Dive dive right in on shame because that Mm. controls a lot of our lives. Oh, absolutely. It does. Yeah. So how can we work with you in the meantime? I need to redo my website because it's very old. So, oh, well, hello. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just if you go to my website, um, which I'm sure there'll be a link for it, or you can go to hollyloxton.com.au. Just we'll have all that, that in the show notes. Yeah. It'll, it's really old. <laughs> so don't register what's going on in my business now is that, or you can find me on Instagram. Or you can find me on Facebook and just reach out, shoot me a PM. Happy to talk, happy to see if we're a fit. I also truly believe that whoever you choose, and I've had many different mentors and guides and coaches and stuff. I've also had psychologists and counselors. The people that I've had the most uh, huge quantum shifts with have the people that are the people that I've really gelled with and really, really felt that love and that interaction like felt in held in a space of non-judgment and that sort of thing. So I really believe that you need to have a good relationship with your therapist. They have to feel like that empathetic witness to your pain without letting you wallow in the victim hole of misery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like we witness the pain, we process the pain and then, okay, so now it's time to move. Let's get you out of here because yeah, we don't need to stay in that, in the bottom of that hole. And that's one of the things that I adore about you as well is that you're one of those coaches, mentors, whichever word you like to use, there are so many, 
that it is all about the energy for you. And if you don't align with someone, you will happily say, recommend someone else that you think they will align with. Or, you know, it's not just about trying to help everyone. You've got to have that rapport. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be that rapport there. You've got to feel safe and supported. And I think, you know, not to diss any sort of counselling and psychology models, but I feel like that's something that's really missing in a lot of those practices because there's such a distance, there's such a gap between the psychologist that's sitting there and the patient that's lying on the chair talking about their problems. There's like this pedestaling thing that happens because generally people don't share anything that they've gone through. And so the patient or the client is sitting there believing that they're broken and this person, like they need to be fixed in order to you know, be a functioning human. And that's not personally not the way that I operate. And I know that the people that find me and the clients that I have need exactly what I have. And part of that for me, part of the way that I operate is to really tell them like, I live and breathe this stuff, but I'm no different to you. I've just done a lot of work on myself and I'm sharing it with you. Yeah, that's why I love your story. Like you have been down in the depths of despair yeah. and addiction and all of that stuff, you know. Almost but you chose, a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, and you chose to come out of that. And now you're this beautiful guide. I see you as a guide, but like I don't even see you as a coach. Yeah, to me, I always say it's a guide, yeah. This beautiful guide that can take someone's hand and say, look, I got your back. Let's do this. Yeah, I got your six. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so, thank you. so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure as always. Oh, my pleasure, Sally. Thank you so much for having me. And I am absolutely honoured and blessed to be sitting here with you in this beautiful, beautiful podcast that you've created. And I know it's just going to change so many lives. And I'm just loving everything that you're creating at the moment. It's such a, like, I just love witnessing it. It's really frothing on it <laughs> oh thank you see i have good guides don't i <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks holly awesome